what's the best way to mix mm-hmm. insert blank like microphone like like uh the best way to mix mix drums mix guitar oh. mix you know insert your favorite mm. what's the best what's best the best way, way? I, I i'm looking for a i'm looking for a quick fix i'm looking for an easy easy go you know you tell me that um on my on my vocal i always need to cut you know 800 hertz oh no it's funny is i don't think Stuart meant this when he asked me but he's bringing up bad memories of my past well uh, we I, do have quite a bit of a past together when i started in audio i was that young bright-eyed audio technician i wanted all these answers yeah and i went looking for them and i googled them and i watched youtube videos listen i made spreadsheets <laughs> I made documents, and every time One of those I, guys. I did, I did it for years. Every yeah. time I went out to mix a show, I, um, I would pre-program all of my compression ratios, and I would even preset a lot of my EQs. Mm. And then I'd get to it, I'd load up the scene, because in digital boards you can do this now. Yeah, yeah. Never heard the band before. Yeah. Mind you. Yeah. I'm setting all of this just based on a video I watched. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you'd start pulling channels up, and you would inevitably end up changing everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, you're changing everything. Well, this isn't the problem. You're changing everything in reaction to what you're hearing. Yeah. That is how you should mix sound. Like, I think sound is a give and a take. Yeah. It's, it's reactionary in some degrees. The problem was, I wasn't starting from the source. Mm-hmm. I wasn't starting with a blank canvas. I had already thrown some paint on the canvas. Yeah. And now, I was trying to take more paint... And like rearrange the paint that was already yeah, there. Yeah. And guys, I had so many bad shows so many times. And what I've learned finally, it took a long time and joining this company was a huge step mm-hmm. forward in my audio mixing career was you need to think of everything as guidelines. There definitely are compression ratios that work better for certain instruments than others. Yeah. But they're ranges. Yeah. There is not the perfect compression ratio no. for your vocal no. or drums. Do you even need compression? On and it? that's the thing, man, about digital soundboards is it used to be when you did these things, you had to haul racks and racks and racks yeah. of outboard gear to now even get that. Now we got all kinds of toys. Every single channel input on your board has a gate and a compressor and an EQ and you've got racks of effects units. Yeah. And some of you think you need to go turn, turn all those all buttons on. on. Everything needs to be turned on. When I first started mixing, before I ended up in that dangerous place, I was on analog boards, and we didn't have budget for outboard gear. So a lot of times, I was mixing shows with one analog desk going right into the PA. And your mixes probably sounded way better. They were so good. In fact, I I was really young then, and I used to get compliments. They're like, man, for a high school kid, you can mix a really good concert. And it's because I wasn't screwing stuff up. Yeah, you didn't have Then digital boards came out, and I tried to put everything everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yep. I've come full circle now. Yeah. They're they're tools. If I need a compressor, use it. Yeah. If I need an EQ, use it. Yeah. But like we've talked about in other episodes of this podcast, like if you need to put a lot of EQ on a vocal microphone, your system is probably not tuned properly. Yeah. yeah, and don't be afraid to use this kind of stuff. Experiment with it. Just don't experiment with it live. Yeah, definitely don't <laughs> do it live. And don't be afraid to this is something I do still. Um, maybe I've been building a channel strip throughout a rehearsal and it's gotten kind of beefy. It's got yeah. a compressor on it. It's yeah, got an yeah. EQ on it. Maybe it's got some delay or something I was trying to really time align. I don't know. Maybe it's even got some reverb. Yeah. Um, something we've talked about a lot. Like throughout the rehearsal, sometimes I like to go disengage all those things. Yeah. Go back to the source the undo, and then I'll the go, ooh, button. that actually sounds yeah, better. Yeah, sounds I, a lot better. I had, 
I had fricasseed the crap out of this input. Yeah, yeah. And 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 made it honestly sound worse in the long run. Yeah. It's kind of like um, I, we used to teach a lot of guitar lessons, and you have the little chromatic tuners. Yeah. And if you got to turn the peg to a long ways, you were probably really close to being in tune, and now you're going the wrong yeah. direction. <laughs> and you start easing your way as, as yourself away. And the other thing I'll say about that is um, there's a lot of bad advice out there. Oh, yes. A lot. The Internet is littered with bad stuff. Like, for advice. instance, and we're not going to go down the rabbit hole, but I'm just going to say, like, a lot of EQ charts that you look up, there's plenty of suggested EQ charts out there, and you're going to see a lot of weird things getting boosted. Yeah. And that's almost always a bad idea. Some, for some reason, we made sound mystical. We right. Made it, we made it, like, this mysterious, complicated thing, and mm -hmm. I'm always having to tell people, it's not hard. It's, it's not complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated. If you feel like you have to do a lot of things to that channel to make it sound right, yes. you need to reevaluate the whole process. Yes.